0: All right, welcome back, episode eighty of the Young Old Heads podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Tommy, aka TV Sports Cards, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host Max, aka Cards Max, aka Cards Max Stadium Club is Overrated Edition. Max, how are you doing?
1: I'm feeling questionable about that opinion that you just threw about the Stadium Club being overrated. Perhaps it's the most properly rated, then overrated, then underrated product in the land. And we have a great show tonight.
0: We have an amazing show tonight, Max. You're underselling it. We have a big announcement to make. I know we teased it on our socials this week. Um, We didn't do an episode last week. Me and Max have been talking for a while about making some moves, making some changes with the podcast. Um, We are very excited to announce that this is... the last ever episode of young old heads in its current rendition um don't worry if you subscribe it's going to stay all the same we're going to keep doing the pod we're going to keep doing a podcast that is very similar to young old heads um just with some slightly different branding um, max how do you feel about this being the last young old heads episode of all time
1: All I can say is that this is the last Young Old Heads episode of all time. And I think people will understand why in a few weeks. I don't want to reveal too much, nor do I want to gas it up more than it should. But there's some marketing and transformative brands that we want to become. That was very word jargoned. And that phrase, word jargoned itself is word jargoned. But in terms of aspiring as to what we want to be as a podcast and make ourselves known for i think young old hand is overly broad and also in specific like i understand me and tom are very young good looking guys with the intellect of you know very very old men but i think we can make the title as well as some other aspects more cardboard and collectibles focused
0: that is very well put max you know i i you texted me about a month ago kind of being like hey what do you think this pod- what do you think our podcast is all about and i'm like well we we tell our listeners about what's going on in the industry and in the card release world of you know what are the hot topics that everyone's talking about on twitter and instagram uh, we do all of that through the lens of our experiences in the hobby so you're you know max is out here dealing on a day-to-day basis traveling around the country at his shows Um, I'm collecting and, you know, have previous experiences in the industry and, you know, have, do my own thing in the world and kind of guide the conversation. Uh, We bring on guests that are, you know, aligned with our views. Uh, We have, you know, the young old heads name really stuck us with kind of getting these younger guests that were reflective of cool things that were going on in the industry, doing cool shit. Um, I think by... No spoilers, broadening the title to, or not broadening the title, but focusing more on cards specifically can open us up to a little bit more growth in that, in the, and make it more self-explanatory, I feel like is the main thing. Like we don't have to, I don't want Max to have to explain what young old heads means to everyone he meets at a card show that's interested in the podcast. I want us to be able to say the name of the podcast, have people get that it's about cards, get kind of the gist of what we're about. Um, And I think that the new name that we have, which we're not going to reveal right now, um, is going to be very cool and fun. And, you know, our logo, we just spoke with our graphic design guru, Charles, who is on has been a guest of the podcast before, but about kind of some, some things we got in the works with him in terms of changing the logo a little bit. Obviously, you know the the 55 bowman tops chrome collab logo is a little is too iconic to move away from totally so we'll be keeping a very similar logo but moving forward with some other things that i think can be additive on the merch side and uh, make people a little bit more proud to be listeners of the podcast and wear it with their chest figuratively and literally max man it's been a fun time though i mean young old heads what 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 do you remember the most what do you remember like our initial conversations about young old heads being like max
1: uh that i will do a podcast as long as you do the production
0: (laughs) yeah i'm pretty sure max is
1: uh and i totally expected you to drop the ball in that regard but you didn't
0: yeah i remember it was like it was back in the day of 2021 when everyone and their mom or 2022 early 2022 is when we started so it was when everyone and their mom had his podcast about cards and everyone was wanting to be a content creator. Um, You know, me and Max have stuck with it through 80 over 80 episodes, including a lot of our live episodes. So, you know, this is something that we care a lot about. We want to really grow the podcast, especially, you know, with some of the other content creators kind of deciding to move on to different projects. I think, you know, the podcast world is something that me and Max want to own for sports cards and we have high ambitions. You know, we want to, we want to be the podcast that everyone goes to that's interested in sports cards. Um, We want to have content that's engaging for people that buy and sell and collect sports cards every day. And also for people who are a little bit more interested in just getting into it and hearing about what the world's about. Um, You know, young old heads as a name was very much meant to be a broad uh, title that could lead us down different paths of collecting and different Different things where you know young people were in older spheres of things collecting. You know, maybe I think we kind of talked about people collecting. You know, more non-sports cards collectibles like I you don't know theoretically like Hot Wheels or you know other sorts of weird random collectibles like stamps or coins and stuff like that. That was kind of in our scope at the beginning, and I think as we've done this podcast, Max, not to speak for both of us here, but I feel like we've really realized that. It's worth doubling, quadrupling, quintupling down on sports cards as our niche, as our as our focus, um, and I'm excited about what's to come. You haven't what, – what else is up, Max? You got – what did I miss here in terms of our kind of moratorium? Our uh, – what's the term for something that dies? Obituary for young old heads.
1: It was a good starting off point, but we ain't finished yet, baby.
0: We ain't finished yet. Um, and speaking of which, Max, you are not finished with traveling around the country, collecting and dealing sports cards. What have you been up to in the last two weeks since we spoke last?
1: So the last two weeks, I, I believe we already recapped that I was at Cultural Collision, and that was fun. Tommy, correct me if I'm wrong. Did I? I think I did.
0: I don't think so. Wait.
1: No, I totally did. I talked about how I was set up the buddy and that i was given the perspective of sitting behind the table instead of just doing my walking up and buying than usual
0: did we also talk about cards hq did we i don't know if we did well tell us about what happened last weekend and i'll double check us on this
1: (laughs) um i went to the culture religion trade show two weekends ago in atlanta like that it was a southeast regional show rather than a whole national show with a lot of nor- uh, southeast central dealers, you know that normally wouldn't be traveling absolutely everywhere. And I thought that was one of the show's perks. Um, the venue was great. It's in a nice small convention room that directly connects to the hotel, and it is nonstop treating and buying and selling cards as soon as you leave the convention center is in this nice circular room. What's up, Tommy?
0: We recorded the last episode before you went to Atlanta. It was about Dallas. We talked personally about culture collision, but not on record because for the people back home last week, me and Max were about to start recording an episode and then ended up just really deciding that we wanted to go with the name change that we wanted to just kind of focus a little bit of energy on the planning on that. So, we spent the hour that we usually spend recording every week talking about Max's culture collision experience and the brand change ups that we wanted. So, that's why there wasn't really an episode last week. Max, let's go a little deeper on the culture collision experience.
1: So, this was so I was just rudely inter fucking upped by someone, but I was set up as a dealer with a buddy of mine, Pretty Boy Gothic Cards, I think PBG Cards on Instagram. Um, but point being, um, what was the show like?
0: I don't know. Did you did you play three-on-three basketball? I'm still pissed you weren't inviting, invited to the influencer basketball game.
1: No, stop it. Everyone there is a friend. So there is no being pissed. But um, the show itself was – I want to say lots – if you had a card that – or the, my interpretation of the climate of the show – was that if you had a card that was kind of cool and under $300, it was bought up. And there were not many cheap cards left or remaining in the room. A lot of people wanted to hold on to their higher-end cards more than usual. That was just kind of my perspective. Obviously, everything is moving. Bowman's hot. Everyone wants Brock Purdy and Mahomes. But also, by the same token... It was a very active show. I wish I could be more descriptive than that. Um, I had a fun experience with a Derek Jeter 1993 Topps autograph where I played um, full price or free, and I won the coin flip and won the card for free. Otherwise, I could have been paying not just full price, but double the price of the card. So that was a fun anecdote.
0: I'm interested, Max, in this idea that like cool cards under $300 were very liquid a term that you don't like me to use but they were very you know easily sold why why do you think that's the case do you think that i have a theory but i, I want, i'm interested more in what your theory is
1: yeah there's just a lot of buyers in the room that are just paying very strong and they have they have buyers that know what to do with those cards but i want to say if you have cards to sell shows or even selling to vendors or even selling at trade nights, I feel like it's more proactive that cards will get moved in that bracket more than usual. But at the same time, um, you're higher. There's no, you know, FUD or uncertainty or doubt or um, mania about higher end. Prism is still as hot as it can possibly be right now. Cooled off a little bit, but still overall very hot. And we're in the fun midsection where we're, almost essentially in football off-season. I get that it's a Super Bowl, but it's the off-season for 30 other teams. Basketball mid-season is essentially the off-season, you know, as much as that hurts. And baseball is not had pitchers and catchers report yet. Okay. So spring training is when it will probably kick off, maybe. I don't know. And it's just a cycle of cards.
0: It's a cycle of cards. We've spoken about it now for well over a year so if you want to hear the whole cycle you got to just listen to all the episodes to hear hear what's going on but now that makes sense i mean is culture collision still kind of trying to do this thing where it's like not it's more than sports cards where it's more than like it has comic book people set up and shoe people set up is that still something that they're going for is it just going all cards
1: um, there were other collectibles in the room, but I frankly didn't pay much mind to it, both because I wasn't walking the show as much as I usually did and because it was only a smaller portion but still existent part of the show.
0: That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, before we move on to your next, this last weekend, what you were up to, Max, I am interested. Uh, we we did have a co-founder of Cards HQ on the podcast, and there was a, a trade night at Cards HQ that I heard about um give us give us your first impressions of the space
1: it's very big and it's very much what carter was hyping it up to be um carter the former guest it has the breaking area it has all the cards on the wall that are relatively priced they were priced pretty fairly i will say uh, my one gripe was that I had to pay sales tax when buying a card from the wall. So I ultimately did not buy it because of that. Um, but I don't know if that's just because that was something that they were doing. Uh, I'm granted, all businesses have to pay sales tax, but I'm not sure if that's just something that they were doing because they weren't taking cash on before it officially opened. Yeah. But um, that being said, Card Shop is great. Um, They marketed it too well. There was overcrowding issues during that night, which is not necessarily a slight on the business itself. But I had to tell friends that, hey, Cards HQ wasn't worth it for the trade night because there was a 30 to 40 minute line outside the door and there was overcrowding in the store. And again, great for the hobby in that the average age of attendance was probably about 10 not great for the adults but also that wasn't their objective that night but overall the shop looks great it's clean it's got snacks and food and whatever it's got a lot of cards and if you're in the area i would have to recommend that you go there
0: do they have alcohol for sale
1: um i don't know but that night they did have free drinks interesting for Uh-oh. people of age
0: i'm i'm intrigued i think
1: I'm I'm, uh, something who doesn't drink. I believe they had alcoholic beverages there. Do
0: you think that they were advertising the trade night beyond, like, seems like if the average age was 10, that that means that it was probably marketed to, like, the surrounding area and less about, like, the show?
1: Jeff has a very large and successful brand, and that brand may have eclipsed the branding of the show, of the trade show.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Because, the, tra- the trade night at the first culture collision that I was at was just in like the lobby of the hotel that was attached. And that was great. I love it. Was, it was popping. And those are always fun, but they always feel like, I always feel like personally when I'm at those that I feel like it's like a huge annoyance to people that are staying at the hotel that are not part of the card convention to have like a mob. And like obviously the National like Card Collector 2 National Trade Night is like overwhelming as hell with how many people are there. And is is it's bizarre with the first time you see people set up on the floor with their cards. It's a little weird. It's it's not super approachable for everybody. So I don't know. It makes sense. I mean, Cards HQ is not a trade night venue. I mean, I'm yeah. sure they would like it to be, but like that's not the purpose of the shop. So it's impossible to judge the shop based on that, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And again, the shop itself looked great and way more profound than any usual LCS. That's sick.
0: Well, what else were you up to, Max? You you went on another little journey. I went to
1: a secret show location this past weekend, and I bought some cards. It was a show in a strip mob. No, not a strip mob. A strip mall. And I bought some cool cards from there that I have to show. Um, the first is this I rarely ever buy raw vintage, but I thought this was kind of cool. This is a really well-centered, kind of minty or near minty looking 1958 All-Star Mickey Mantle. And on the back, there it is. On the back, it's stamped, which is, explains why it isn't slabbed. And this was owned by Ryan F. McKintry. you know, I know that it's a practice that some people did on their pre-war cards, that they put their stamp on it. To show that it's theirs, so that there's no ambiguity. But seeing this on a '50s card is pretty fun, especially one that was raw.
0: And have I you thought, have you looked him up?
1: I have not looked up Mister McIntyre up. All right. Have you?
0: No, but I I would I'd be fascinated to hear his obituary.
1: <laughs> Could still be alive. Um, cool or very interesting card. I bought. I bought a pair of these. Is the tops now, Erling Holland, 2019 card number 11. Really fascinating story. In that the person I bought this from. So this is, a first to preface. This is Holland's first card ever. He has stickers, but I'm pretty confident that this is his first card ever released. It was released from Tops Now, and there there are 189 copies because it was print on demand, and. Holland at the time was not a big player at all. Um, the person who I bought it from um was originally just scrolling on tops now and sees the card Wonder Kid hits Hat trick and he buys a twenty pack, which I think with coupons and bulk buying, he bought for two dollars each.
0: After In, Holland t- wait, preface this. So 186 print run. 189. 189, he buys twenty of them. So that's yes. Over 10% of the print run, he buys on the spot. That's unreal.
1: Well, I mean, they're not expensive. I mean, it's like 40 bucks for a 20 pack or so. He said he bought that like two, three dollars a card just because it's wonder kid scores hat trick and Holland blows up, becomes one of the biggest young talents in the game of soccer and he grades a ton of them. He got a few nights, he got a few tens. And at its peak, he sold one of these in a PSA ten for twenty thousand dollars and several other PSA tens in the eleven in the ten thousand to fifteen thousand dollar range.
0: Talk about a flip, man. That's unreal.
1: Holy so, shit. So from two dollars to twenty K.
0: Well, two dollars plus grading fees.
1: Yeah. I mean, he was upcharged to like a thousand dollars per card. but a very fun talk with that dealer. Right now That's I want to cool. say this is like $4,000 in a 10, so maybe I'll try for a 10. I don't know. They're not doing 20K anymore, but Holland's first card ever, cool card, and I bought two of them.
0: Well, that is not the Holland card you usually buy, and I'm shocked to hear that you now currently own two soccer cards, but, you know, Tops now has near and dear to young old heads hearts as a uh, something that we love we love in general as a print on demand product with generally low print runs on certain cards, certain cards being the key thing there. Um, I, I love your Holland buys. I feel like your soccer buys are usually some of the ones that I'm most interested in because it's a world I'm not super involved in. What, uh, did the guy, do you, are you cool with shouting this guy out or is this just, I don't like know. A, I
1: don't know. he was, man. he said he was a dealer that sets up well at the national at Chantilly. And that's about it. And Philly, that's you did.
0: All. You did say that the, you thought that this is the most valuable tops and Al card. I did, he, I did recently see somewhere that the Lionel Messi holding the World Cup trophy 101 auto went for like 40 or 50 K. So it Ooh. is not the most valuable, but it is probably Ooh. the most valuable non auto, I would guess. Any instant, you fucking nerd. I'm a nerd, bro. Get the fuck off my dick.
1: Yeah, the nerd who got the fact wrong. Um, what did what did it sell for? I don't think it was was it four hundred? I thought it was like two hundred.
0: Two hundred k. Yeah, 200K. I was saying like fifty or sixty k, not two hundred.
1: Oh, it it just it just ended on PWCC premiere.
0: Oh shit, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, the guy was stickered at um, like a million dollars at card shows, and that price was never realistic um but this was the one of one panini instant um tops or you know it's not tops now panini instant Lionel messi card it's an autograph it's a, i believe it's a sticker autograph could yeah sticker yeah. autograph one of one sold at auction for 126000 on january 25th 2024 and that's one of messi's highest selling cards ever
0: Shame on me for confusing Panini Instant with Tops Now. Shame on me. Yeah, um,
1: but I know CJ Shroud has a Tops now card that supposedly did 9K. Um there's but there's not many cards in this space that have sold for a ton. Now I'm looking just because it seems fun. Um I'm seeing that a BGS ten black label of Aaron Judge did thirty nine thousand dollars, but that does really doesn't make sense. And that I don't there's buy that. I don't buy Yeah. It. Um this does make sense. Um the w- in 2021 when Ma- uh, Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton were racing were, were essentially tied in points and whoever won the Grand Prix in the last race would win everything. Um the tops now one of one commemorating that event. And I think the card is titled yeah. 369. Yeah, they had the exact same amount of points, 369 and a half points each, one race to go. It has Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen. It's the one of one from it. And that sold for $36,600 on February 6th. That's today, February 6th, 2022. So two years ago today, that card did 36K. And then for non autographs, the card below that is this Erling Holland and a PSA 10 for $19,680.
0: Was that Verstappen Hamilton card in auto dual auto?
1: No, was, no, neither autoed. Interesting, dude. That, the amount of tops now I talk on this show, you don't know tops now ball.
0: The F one, uh, pump and dump was unbelievable. Is mainly what I'm getting out of it.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's not a pump and dump. It just doesn't have enough domestic collectors, and I think that's the issue. I think the uber high end is still extremely sought after. But because the floor isn't there to pump it up, there's not as much justification for the higher end. But the demand for the higher end is still there. Probably. Yeah. I don't know.
0: No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, what else did you buy in this? Myst- Are you really not going to tell us where you went this weekend, Max? Is that a serious thing that I'm not allowed to talk about right
1: now? Dude, I don't even know where I went. Um, I have this Tim Duncan IP autograph, which is really cool. I went to Wake Forest University. He is in a Wake Forest uniform in this. He doesn't have many autographs, but this is just created authentic from 1997 wheels. I don't know what that is, but cool card PC card because I PC and collect cards. That was another buy from the past two weeks.
0: That's cool. My uh, my favorite piece of card news in the last couple of weeks since we recorded last is the fact that Leaf is going to revive the press press pass brand which was a brand of cards that put out mostly college uni cards and NASCAR I believe and some non-sport cards in the early 2000s. There's some Press Pass Tom Brady rookies. You know, there's a bunch of they were the first ever to do game used college uni relic cards. They did a lot of cool die cuts. If you collect a college or someone that was in college during the Press Pass era, I'd highly recommend checking them out. I know Tim Duncan mainly brought to my attention because Tim Duncan has a ton of Press Pass Wake Forest cards. So does Chris Paul. Um, and those are sick. I'm hyped about press, press, press Pass getting revived, Max. I'm sure you don't give a fuck, though.
1: Fuck given.
0: Fuck given. Fuck given. I appreciate it. What else what, else, what other cool cards did you buy?
1: Um, those were probably the three coolest. I mean, without even getting into eBay buys. I don't have that many cool eBay buys, but I have some probably.
0: Well, wait, before we move into eBay buys, don't be don't premature other term that I'm not going to say right now. Um, can you Max tell us a little bit about what's going on with Stadium Club? Stadium Club 2023 released in 2024. Um, it brings upon the classic arguments around oh, the photography is so sick. Shouldn't this be more valuable than flagship? Have you have you bought any stadium club 2023 or looked into the set at all max not yet
1: i try to um, execute as much discipline as i can to wait for the hype for a product to go down to buy it while also not missing the boat of it no longer being ripped really difficult to time like again i said the story on the podcast before i think there are some michael harris gold michael harris's gold autographs i think we're doing like over a thousand from the get-go of release And then I bought like two at like 900 and 800 in September, which is a month. I think it was six weeks after the product went out. And I sold them for 300 bucks each. That's so that's that's yeah. Lesson in trying to time the market well is you have to exercise patience and wait well, wait most of the time. And in a product like Stadium Club, where it ultimately isn't the player's best cards ever, I'm still holding off for now. But in terms of the overrated, underrated, underrated discussion, I bit my tongue before this episode. So my enunciation is subpar. But um, Tommy was talking about a pre-show. Oh, this is so overrated. I think it's cyclic in that it's underrated for nine to ten months of the year. And then two months where there's Stadium Club and Stadium Club Chrome. It becomes properly rated, then quickly overrated. And then goes back to being underrated. Because personally. No one cares. It's just money. It's just cardboard. I hate to be the guy that does say that, but it's a it's important to sober up and that if you are diving in, just make sure you dive in when it's in the underrated time so that you can actually enjoy it because if you are doing it for the money and you're buying it because it should be more valuable, you not only are you playing the wrong game, but you're also probably going to lose. I don't want everyone to lose. I want everyone to win.
0: I'm glad you turned it into a positive there because I think Stadium Club, and I we've talked about this. So I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but like it is more nostalgic for the dudes that were collecting the early nineties when it was like a cool new brand. And now, you know, they do do the, like the throwback variations that are kind of rare that use those early nineties designs. But the people that really care about those are those dudes that were collecting then. We're not really the target audience for it. So I'm not gonna not going to speak too much on it, but my only real thought is that Buster Posey is in all these 2024, 2023 top sets. Max sent me a Buster Posey card, and he was like, "This one's sick." I the post-playing career cards are just not doing it for me. I I just don't care. Like, even though it's a sick image that maybe wasn't used in a card during his playing days, they're going to reuse those images a million times. There's going to be hundreds of cards of buster posey celebrating championships on cable cars and you know hugging people and you know there i love was. buster posey i love those moments i only give a fuck about cards that happen that were released during his playing career is that is that irrational of me max
1: a little bit like i generally don't care about post playing career cards especially of like hall of famers you know but um yeah, I think if the image is cool, you have to give it. It's just desserts.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. All right. Now, Max, but- it's time. It's time, though. It's time for the last ever Young Old Heads eBay Buys of the Week. Can I lean on you to start us off here, or do you want me to start us off?
1: Um, I'm just going to focus on one card, because I do think it's pans down the coolest card that I bought this week. And that is... This Stephen Curry gold prism sensational signatures autograph. True gold autograph. I'm looking at it now. The gold just pops so well. And this might be like my first real like superstar gold prism. You know, I I owned a collegiate draft picks gold of Steph Curry and a Davidson Uni. And that was cool. But in terms of cool, like this isn't even the most expensive card, but it is a cool card. And I feel like I enjoy it. I'm going to sell it still. I'm not going to just put on a fake collector um, persona. But like I respect this card more than I do Stadium Club.
0: I love when you buy cards like that on eBay so that you don't have to pretend like no one can comp check you on it. How much How much did you pay for that?
1: Oh, yeah. I don't need to worry about the comp check. It's, I bought it for like 1300 I think.
0: What are you going to ask for it?
1: We'll see what it grades.
0: Oh, you're gonna! Oh, I don't oh, know.
1: I don't know. You know, you know how it goes. Um, yeah. the last card that I didn't buy off eBay, but like, I think this is like a twelve hundred, fifteen hundred dollar card.
0: Wait, Talk. question from the the peanut yeah. gallery. Uh, w- what was the auction? How did you buy that stuff? What was the eBay oh, circumstances?
1: Was, the circumstances was I searched for like PSA graded cards, and I found it. That's <laughs> nice. what I do. Like every night, I just find. I find. I look at like every rookie card that exists above like a certain dollar amount I find like every like graded card that exists above a certain dollar like literally every graded card that is at auction I've seen I am the market I know yeah yeah that's my favorite thing about you um also like I want to buy more hockey just because it's cool I bought this Jack Hughes not from eBay but from a show Jack Hughes future watch SP authentic auto and future watch autos and the cup and young guns are sick and really part of why hockey cards are alive is because they actually respect and make SP cards, but not the best player. Jack Hughes is so good and fun card.
0: Give me a basketball or baseball comp for Jack Hughes.
1: Oh, you're, you're really testing my lack of, uh, of at hockey. least market, at least like, no no no, 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 no. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to think like, cause
0: if I'm being totally real with you, I have never heard of Jack Hughes before you just said his name.
1: Like from a career standpoint, like Andrew Wiggins, except younger. And that like okay. that's like, like not a bad player. I think he's a one-time All-Star. He's 24, um, former number one overall pick. Was really hyped. Now he's just like average to above-average league starter. Didn't have the like the journeyman. Type or not, journeyman, but like really stunted lack of growth that Wiggins had in Minnesota. But yeah. he's having a successful career, but one that's underwhelming for a number one overall pick.
0: All right, that's a good. You did a good job. I appreciate the context, Max. Okay. Oh, I
1: don't know. The hockey heads can tell me if I did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. Did you any fun sales, or do you want to save those? I can do my buys. Um, and yeah,
1: you look at reasons. you look at the buys. I will try to think of the sales.
0: Sick. Well. Max, I have good news for you. Um after I did my top buster posey cards and maybe this is a manifestation on my end, but last episode I did my top 5 buster posey cards in my collection, Max absolutely took a fat dump on one of the cards. That card is now sold. I sold the 2010 Bowman Orange Buster Posey rookie card for 80 bucks on eBay. I used part of that funds to buy a card that I Declared the top Buster Posey card that I could possibly own. I bought a 2011 Topps Black Parallel out of 60 Buster Posey Rookie Cup on eBay Max this last week. I don't think I've sent you this. I bought it for a heinous price. I overpaid like a like a fool that I am. Um, I paid 200 bucks plus shipping. I got the guy that sold me the card off eBay afterwards, and we were chatting. He has some other Buster cards. I'm not gonna buy any of them, but I secured the Grail. I said I would pay an absolute premium for this black cup. It is on its way. It has not made it to me. It's going to go to uh, whatever eBay authentication first. But I bought I bought it, Max. I now am going to get the card that I've been talking about for a long time. I'm going to pair it up with the Hope Diamond. I'm going to sell off some other busters to help offset the cost. What do you think, Max? I haven't
1: talked to you about this. I'm glad that you made this jump.
0: Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I'm glad I that like we're friends to again.
1: My remarks succinct and to the point, so that they're not the point isn't lost in the fluff.
0: Thank you. Uh, another card. Well, first of all, I bought that card immediately. I was like, all right, I got to sell some shit to offset this cost. I can't just keep spending 200 bucks on random cards on random occasions. But that is a card that I'd actually really been searching. Like, I check eBay every single night for that specific card in particular, above all other cards. So the fact that I was able to get that, I'm extremely hyped about. I'm going to be selling off at least like 20 different cards that I feel like are a little lower end. It's also like a good, I feel like whenever I buy a card like this that I'm like been searching for for a long time, it gives me a little bit of a reset on other cards that I'm not as hyped about. And I realize that I'm all right, just selling off some. So I'm excited about that. I do enjoy the occasional selling spurt and I will be doing that in the next couple of weeks. So check out my ebay store at tv sports cards definitely dm me on other platforms if you see cards that i'm posting and want to buy them max i bought another card though that i know you're going to appreciate i bought a 2022 prism clay thompson jersey number 11 out of 144 blue sparkle uh it did say jersey number in the title but i was able to buy this bin kind of like right as it was posted um, but jersey number, blue, sparkle, random, but team color match. Clay Thompson, who obviously is having a terrible year. Um, Prism, Max, how much do you think I paid for that? Jersey number. Prism, color match, parallel. Of who?
1: Of Clay. Okay, that's what I figured. You said it at first and then it slipped me. Knowing you, 30 bucks
0: eight bucks plus $1 shipping less than 10 bucks total.
1: The Jersey number threw me off.
0: Yeah, I, it was an instant bin and it was after I had spent 200 bucks on a Buster Posey card in the same day. So it was
1: like, it was going to take a lot. What numbered out of what 144 randomly okay. for blue. So this is my like, not hot take, but should be in a more accepted take is that the Jersey number is more important as you get higher and higher. Like, if you have a top scold jersey number, that means way more than having a top scold refractor jersey number, which, of course, the golds are numbered out of 2018 at a flagship or at for 2018. They're numbered out of 2018, they're numbered out of the current year. And for gold, refractors are numbered consistently out of 50. So the fact that you're able to get that on a 144 is pretty big, I think. It's gravy on top.
0: That reminds me a lot of your printing plate theory, Max, where the amount of cards that that printing plate was used to create impacts its value. So I, I totally tracks with me.
1: Yeah, and the significance of the base card.
0: Yeah, the significance of the base card. Uh, the last eBay buy that I'll talk about, Max, is a card that in 2021 must have been at least an $100 card. Um, I would be interested to hear what 130 Point has to say, and probably was something that I should have looked at before the episode. But I bought this 2021 Joey Bart black out of 70 flagship. Joey Joey Bart's black flagship parallel of his rookie card. Um, I bought this on eBay. You know, this is something where I've shat on Joey Bart a lot in these episodes. And I bought it for $7.88, less than 10 bucks shipped, even though he's going to be probably gone from the Giants' Before the season starts, this is a card that is kind of fun to have as a hey, remember when everyone was hyped about Joey Bart? Uh, black flagship. This will go in the binder. I do enjoy Joey Bart's rookie card image a lot on the uh, the tops flagship design. Happy to own it. Uh, happy I didn't pay hey, like 60 to 100 bucks for it two years ago. And uh, yeah, Max, that's, that's one of
1: the more fun eBay buys I had. That's insane that you got that for that cheap. I remember when. Well, that's twenty twenty one tops, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's just crazy. Because I remember, like, I kind of targeted Bart as a, like cards to buy, and that was when PSA was closed, and like stuff that like could be great. That was, you see, April twenty, April third, twenty twenty two. That card did was one hundred seventy five dollars. Damn. <laughs> uh, February fifteenth. So product release. That yeah. was two hundred eleven dollars.
0: $211 at product release for a card I got for under 10 bucks today. That's yeah. that's pretty sick. And a
1: fun Giants card.
0: Yeah, great Giants card. I mean, I, that, that's like a... Most people post like bench player Giants black flagships for like $10 minimum.
1: And that's a eBay. rookie too. I know he doesn't have that many cards. It's so rookie.
0: Yeah, like I'm hyped about it, honestly. So very rare. I was not expecting to say I was hyped about a Joey Bart card today on this episode, but that is the case. I approve. Yeah, any fun buys you want to mention before we sign off on the last young old heads of all time?
1: I think we're just going to leave it at this. I'll say that.
0: Well put, Max. And it's been a pleasure. I can't wait till we are back doing our shit soon. Sooner than
1: soon. It's good to be here with my good friend and co-host Tommy.